You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 38. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. It is always great to have you join us. I look forward to being able to share some new ideas with you today. I have decided to fly solo this week so that we can address the issue of managing our credential, when it, and particularly when it comes to renewing our credential. I've been getting increased inquiries about this over the last couple weeks, and I've found that that tends to be a pattern around June each year. I get some panicked emails from coaches who are realizing that their coach credential is coming up for renewal in December. So I thought that we might spend some time just doing an overview of managing your credential and realizing the steps you need to take to stay up on keeping it fresh and being prepared for renewal when you come up for renewal. So we'll start by reviewing the different elements that go into your recredential requirements and then discuss ways that you can manage your credential, whether you're going to expire in six months or 18 months or three years, how you can kind of manage the process to bring you the best benefit and to stay on top of it. So for our listeners that are credentialed coaches through the International Coach Federation, which happens to be the largest coach association to advance the field of professional coaching, and they manage the ACC, PCC, MCC credentials, you know, anybody who has that any credential has worked really hard to get that. And I think what we do is we focus on how we're going to get our credential. We pick our training school, we do our coach training, we get involved and and coach and see our clients. And sometimes we might forget that there's a process involved to stay credentialed. So the ICF requires us to renew our credential every three years. And by renewing your credential, you're demonstrating a commitment to the professional standards in the coaching field and to your own ongoing learning and development as a coach. So what ends up happening is that because credentials expire on December 31st, this time of the year where we've got about six months to go, some people might be noticing, oh my gosh, it's this year that my credential ends. And then there's a bit of panic and wanting clarification about what needs to happen and what needs to be pulled together by the end of the year for a credential to get renewed. So I will say that the ICF website 
at coachfederation.org includes everything you need to know. It's They have it set up very, very well. But because I get so many inquiries each year, I thought it might be worthwhile if we just take a show and highlight the key elements of recredentialing, as well as some tips on how to maintain your credential on an ongoing basis so that you're always ready. You have a plan to be on top of things so that when your credential is due, it's just smooth. It's easy for you. So in the interest of time and clarity, we're only going to be focusing on renewing your current credential at the current level. So if you're an ACC and you're renewing as an ACC, or you're a PCC and you're renewing as a PCC, or an MCC renewing as an MCC, because if in fact you're you're moving up in a credential, if you're going from ACC to PCC or PCC to MCC, that's an entirely different process. And what we're going to focus on today is is the process of renewing your credential at the same level. So since some of you might at this very moment be scrambling to get all your pieces together for December, we're going to kind of help you get a view of what you need to do and what the process of that might be. And then also for those of you who have time that you're you're maybe a year and a half out or two years, or maybe you just got your credential and you have three years to be able to plan this, we'll also talk about some best practices for doing that. So let's start with looking at this commitment to ongoing learning and growth. It's not unusual for a professional organization to require its members to have ongoing education. I would actually say that that's probably more of the norm than something that's unusual. Organizations want their members to stay up on things. As a clinical social worker, I have to renew my license. I need to do ongoing continuing education. I have a sister who's a physician who luckily sometimes chooses continuing education in Texas so that she can come down here and see me while she's doing some of her continuing education. You know, accountants, um, I'm sure engineers. I mean, there's, you know, there's a concept of, of keeping yourself up to date and maintaining lifelong learning in order to maintain certification and licensing in several occupations, and certainly professional coaching is no exception. So you're going to have three years between renewal periods. And in that three years, there is a requirement to participate in at least 40 hours of continuing coach education, which I'm going to refer to as CCEs. Now, of that 40 hours, at least three hours of those CCEs must be in the area of coaching ethics. Now, what's nice about that is that there is a link to the ethics CCE course at coachfederation.org. So as a special service to all of us, the ICF Global and Ethics Community of Practice developed this complementary ethics training course that when you complete and pass, that guarantees you three ethics CEEs, CCE units. So 
one thing that's lovely. It's complimentary. It takes care of your ethics, and you can take that right online through the coachfederation.org website. So that handles three of your 40 hours of continuing education. Now, that 40 hours are divided between core competency continuing education credits and resource development continuing education credits. And this is where you might want to kind of get a paper and pencil out. So at least 24 of your 40 hours must be in core competency credits. And the core competency credits refer to advanced coach training, writing, or research that are directly related to the ICF core competencies. So this tends to be one of the areas that I get the most questions about because there's very specific requirements about core competency credits. On coachfederation.org, there is a detailed table under Renew Your Credential that describes the different sources of training that qualify for core competency credits. Now, while there's certainly many trainings that are pre-approved by the ICF and supply you with a certificate indicating how many CCEs you earned and under which category, whether they're core competency or resource development, that isn't the only way that you can earn credits. On that chart, there are many different ways that you can conceivably focus on your skill development and core competencies and gain those core competency credits, even if it's not in a pre-approved ICF training. Some of the key elements that you need to be aware of is that in order for those core competency skill development credits to count for those 24 hours of core competency credits, they need to be things like voice-to-voice interaction, like live coaching between the students and the instructor. They have to be focused around skill development and core competency. They can be things like publishing or developing writings or curriculum for ICF-approved training programs. In order for them to be core competency credits, they need to be very focused on the competencies and tend to be live trainings. Now, the ethics course that I discussed earlier not only meets the ethics requirement, but that ethics course also fits in the 24 hours of core competencies that are required. So that's sort of a double bonus. You get your ethics and it's a core competency credit. There's what I would encourage you to do is consider what kinds of trainings you have done and those that haven't been pre-approved by the ICF really compare to the chart on the ICF website to determine whether what you've done meets the criteria for the core competency trainings. So there's many ways to gain those core competency requirements. And each one of those ways has very specific criteria for supporting documentation. So when it becomes time to complete your application for renewal, you want to be certain that you're supplying the correct documentation that is very clearly listed in the 
coachfederation.org website. So the other thing, we've got these 40 hours of continuing education that are required. We know that a minimum of 24 hours must be core competency based. And then you have 16 additional hours that can be core competencies or you can mix in some resource development hours. Now, resource development hours gives you a little more wiggle room with what you do with your continuing education. It can be any non-coach-specific training or training outside of the core competencies, but the key thing is, is that they contribute to your personal and or professional development as a coach. So while you've got some more flexibility in these hours, you can count things such as reading, writing, research, listening to materials such as some of these podcasts, as long as you're able to document the time that you spend in the activity and provide a summary of how it helped you develop as a coach. So once again, you want to get really clear about your required supporting documentation so that you are certain that you're turning in the correct support documentation to get all the credits for the continuing education that you're turning in. Now, if you happen to be renewing an ACC credential, you'll have one more requirement on top of the 40 hours of continuing education credits. And that is 10 hours of mentor coaching with a credentialed ICF coach. The purpose of mentoring is intended to promote your continued growth as a coach. So there's many different kinds of mentor coaching and many different focuses that can occur in mentor coaching. However, for the purposes of this recredentialing, this 10 hours of recredentialing mentor coaching, it has to be competency and skill focused. And your mentor hours can be, can be achieved through one-on-one coaching or through a mentor coach program that combines group coaching and one-on-one coaching. Now, I've been a mentor coach for years and have provided numerous mentor coach programs. And what I can tell you is that there can be some real benefit to doing a structured mentor coaching program. And I'm not just saying that because I I run them, because there's lots of different mentor coaching programs out there. And I'm just saying it might be worth you looking into one because they're designed A, to meet the ICF requirements, so you know that they're going to meet the ICF requirements. And I truly believe that my participants and and have heard from participants over the year that they really benefit from the combination of the group coaching and the one-on-one coaching. They gain insight and new learning in the structured group setting with laser peer coaching and skill focus, and yet they're still able to address their individual skill issues and questions in their one-on-one time. So if you're interested in learning more about sort of what's involved in a mentor program or the mentor programs that I offer, go to the resource page on starcoachshow.com 
And it'll show the structure of that. The, the ICF is very specific. You can have up to seven hours of in-group mentor coaching, and you have to have at least three hours of individual coaching. So that is all sort of mapped out and, and very structured and allows I believe the participants to give the most that they can out of that mentor group process. And for those coaches who might want to work with other coaches in a group setting and get some individual coaching at a better price because it's part of a program and Maybe you don't need those mentor hours as an ACC, or maybe you've already gotten 10 hours and you're still interested in doing a program like that. What's great about that is that then you could apply whatever hours you do in that mentor coaching program to your continuing education, core competency continuing education. So it's not a both thing. You either count those 10 hours towards mentor coaching, or if you don't need the mentor coaching, because maybe you're a PCC and you don't need the mentor coaching, but you want to work with coaches, you can apply that to your core competency training hours, your CCE hours. So there's lots of kind of neat ways to be able to work and grow as a coach and apply that to your recredential. So let's just recap real quickly. The requirements for recredentialing for any level is that you must have a minimum of 40 coach continuing education hours a minimum of 24 hours focused on the core competency credits, and then at least three of those must be in the area of ethics. Then you have the extra 16 hours that you could apply to core competency credits, or you have a little more wiggle room with those. You can do some more creative things with those 16 hours. And then if you're credentialing at an ACC level, if you're re-credentialing at the ACC level, you have that requirement of 10 hours of mentor coaching with an ICF credentialed coach. Up to seven of those could be in a group setting if you chose to do that, and at least three must be individual sessions. So now that we sort of understand what the requirements are, let's talk about the best way to manage the process. As with many things this day, there's just hundreds of different options out there, right? Hundreds of trainings available. So if you are in a place to be able to plan out your three years, maybe from the beginning of that three years, I would encourage you to explore and think about what are the different topics that really interests you. Determine what you want to learn more about and where you want to apply your time and your energy and your resources. The more time you give yourself to kind of look forward, then you can better choose the kinds of CE, continuing education credits, that you want to focus your time, energy, and money on. You can also, the longer time that you have to work with, you can look for the lower cost or the free trainings to be able to get an hour here and an hour there. And I mean, if you divide 40 into three years, you're doing, you know, just over 10, I don't know, over about 13, uh, 13 a year. So you can conceivably pick up 
some low-cost or no-cost continuing education credits during that period of time. And by planning ahead, you can better manage your budget. You can plan for the best times for you to be able to take the trainings. And then getting that 40 hours over a span of three years will feel very, very manageable. Now, if you happen to be coming up for your renewal this December, and you aren't sure where you are in the process, I'm going to recommend that you start by taking inventory. Look over the chart on the coachfederation.org website that's titled Accepted Sources of CCEs and get really clear about what different things can be accepted for continuing education. And then I want you to look over your calendar for the past two and a half years or so. Did you attend ICF chapter meetings maybe and receive CCE here and a CCE there. So those add up. Did you maybe attend some live training calls or different kinds of workshops that you can apply to your coaching? Once you get clear about what you've done, you can then apply it to what is accepted as continuing education credit. Some of your things might work, some might not, but the best place to start is doing an inventory over what you've already done in the past two and a half years. I can tell you that many of the mentor clients that I work with have done some really dynamic trainings at work that they're able to apply to their coaching. Maybe they've done trainings around powerful questioning or active listening or some leadership stuff at work that really applies to their coaching and to the way that they apply their competencies. Once you've listed the trainings that you've participated in, I'm going to encourage you to right then and there look for the needed documentation. If there's outlines that you need to put together, whether there's coming up with the curriculum and being able to supply that kind of information, pay attention to the documentation that you need and begin to gather that now. And then think about the fact that from this day forward, the best practice for moving forward is that when you attend a training that applies to your coaching, scan the certificate in or scan the documentation in and keep it in a digital folder for your continuing education all together in on your computer. Remember that everything in the ICF application is submitted digitally or electronically. So if you begin to keep a digital record of that as soon as it happens, if you go to an ICF luncheon, come home and scan your certificate in and plunk it into your continuing education folder, and you will thank yourself when it comes to renewal time. Also, you might want to create a spreadsheet that tells you the name of the training that you went to, the number of CEUs, whether it was resource development or core competency, and whether you're submitting a certificate or an outline of your curriculum or whatever the supporting documentation is for that. And that will be a great checkoff sheet for you to have as you submit your continuing education when it comes time for renewal. Now, once you're clear about what you've already done and you're thinking, okay, so I've done this many and I've got six months till December, what do I need to do? 
I would encourage you to make a plan to fill in whatever spaces for continuing education you still need. And look for trainings that fit into your schedule, into your interests, and into your budget. I might start with the event calendar on the ICF website, where you can explore numerous trainings by topic, date, cost, the kinds of continuing coach education that you receive. The events on the calendar are ICF approved, so that reduces some of the need for extensive documentation because those are going to come with that pre-approved certificate of attendance. Other trainings, certainly you can apply. You might Google to see what else is out there that, that you might be interested in. I know that several of the guests that we've had on past Star Coach shows have offered ICF approved trainings. I mean, I was thinking about how many of them did. There's many people that we've had on that have offered ICF approved trainings. So if you felt intrigued by any particular guest or topic, you might certainly want to reach out to them to explore what training opportunities they might offer. You might want to consider becoming involved in your ICF chapter if you have one and see what trainings or communities of practice they offer. The ICF is actually having a global conference this August in Washington, D.C. that's going to offer a ton of coach continuing education credits. Now, I know that not everybody has the opportunity to kind of go to Washington, D.C. in August, but if you're considering doing it, I want to encourage you to seriously consider it. The ICF only has a global conference every three to five years. So, It's a wonderful opportunity when they do happen. It would be well worth attending. And if you have the opportunity to go, please go. And if you go, look me up while you're there. So as you think about what you want to be able to do to get the credits that you need by December, you might look for trainings or conferences where you can earn large numbers of CCEs for attending. You might consider what best fits into your schedule and maybe doing another foundational course. There's some some core competency foundational courses where you can pick up, you know, anywhere from three continuing education credits to 30 continuing education credits. So check those out on the Coach Federation calendar. If you're coming up, you know, and you're feeling like there's just no, I wasn't thinking about the fact that I'd have to recredential. I just realized that I do and I, there's just no way that I can do it by December if your credentials up in December, then know that the ICF does allow one lapse year. And what that means is that you can extend beyond your credential for one year and one year only, you can't kind of continue on and continue on. But if you go past December, it's going to add additional core competency training to that you need to be able to get your credentials. So if you're, I think it gives you a three month sort of grace period. And then anytime after that, it adds into some continuing education hours for you so that you might need to submit 50 hours or 60 hours of additional continuing ed credit. And that's all listed on the coachfederation.org website. So I think the key message here is that we 
many times focus on getting our credential and put so much focus into getting our credential that we might forget that there is an ongoing process to keeping our credential. And the best practice is to plan ahead for that and Think about who do you want to do mentor coaching with if you're an ACC that's recredentialing, or what kinds of continuing education really speaks to your heart, really speaks to what you want to do and what's important to you. And then plan those things ahead and be prepared to resubmit. And the, of course, the last thing that I didn't mention, but that is, you know, the part of any recredentialing is that there's going to be a fee to that as well. So if you have your continuing education credits, you have your mentor coaching, if you are an ACC recredentialing, and you have your money, and you can fill out your online application and submit all of your documentation digitally, then you'll be on track. And I hope that this little lesson in exploring the requirements for recredentialing help you kind of make a plan and stay on focus. Now, if you want any information about the coach, the ICF website, that's at coachfederation.org. And then, as I said, I will put information about my mentor groups at starcoachshow.com on the resource page. And I just encourage all of you to really respect the credential that you have. You've worked hard to get that credential. If those of you who are still working on getting a credential, I commend you for that. I think that it's one of the ways that we kind of hold the standard of our practice up. So if you have any questions or concerns, never hesitate to contact me through the starcoachshow.com website. This is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We'll see you next week.